Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with me, the Asian Sensation Bill Wedding. Hey, with me is. Oh, yeah! And also with me is. Oh, yeah! It's me, Dr. Fuck. And yes, we have the great Asian Sensation this week, Bill Wang. And we're going to review the 1979 album from Kiss, Dynasty. Dynasty. Dynasty, or yeah, that's how the Australians say it. Um, and uh, boy, this is a special album for me. I'll start it off. Uh, I bought it when it came out. I was a Kiss fanatic at the time. Really more Ace than anything. I've always been a huge Ace fan. But, you know, I love Kiss. I love Peter, Paul, Gene, and Mary. Did you just say you love Peter? Yeah, I love Peter. Sweet. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, um, now going back listen uh on this album every time i would put on this album as a kid i'd always start with 2000 math because i hated hated i was made for loving you because back when i was a kid anything disco i hated you know but my taste changed in later years kind of like hey have you guys ever had chef boardy ravioli as an adult i love it Really? Still? Yeah. Still. Loved it as a kid, love it now. And that's why I'm Vince Neil's stunt dub. Wow, dude. Really? That's weird because I haven't had Chef Boyardee in many, many years. And I actually saw it on, on sale at my local Publix, like, you know, like about a year ago. And I bought, you know, like three or four cans. And then I came home. I ate one. I was like, this is the most raunchy shit I've ever tasted in my life. And I made a post about it, and people were telling me, yeah, this that's kids' food, that the young taste buds like it, but the older taste buds don't. But it seems like your your taste buds never grew up. Yeah, yeah but I, you know, I still love ramen noodles and bath salts. I mean, some shit never goes out of style. Well, come on, bath salts. <laughs> Who doesn't love bath, bath salts? Exactly. And and the taste of somebody's face. Sure. On that. <laughs> Anyway, so, uh, but now, I look, it's no secret I'm a big fan of ABBA without being a big fan of cock, I swear. And I love the Bee Gees. I love, I even fucking love, well, I wouldn't say love, but in a nostalgic way, I get a kick out of hearing the village people now. I, I haven't gone out and bought any of it, but, you know, I get a kick out of it. And you're hearing songs like Ring My Bell, I Will Survive. And Copacabana. I listen to all that shit. It's not like I love it, but it's still... Her name was Lola. She was a showgirl. A yellow feather in her hair and her dress cut up to there. I'm sorry. Wow, I, I didn't even know the lyrics to that. Good okay, never, never, never mind. Edit that shit. <laughs> I'm sure I won't. So, now... I love I Was Made For Loving You. I mean, I really love the song. And it took me a while to really love it because I started liking it by the time I did the review on my YouTube review on Almost Human. I, I watched it today and I did say, you know what, I used to not like it, but now I like it. It's still my least favorite song on the album, but I, I like it. But now I gotta say, it's tied for my least favorite song on the album with another song that I fucking love. I love every song on this album. Spoiler alert. Every song on this album, I think is fucking great. 
And I'll tell you this too, man. 70s Kiss. I'm telling you, man. Other than, like, uh, what is it? Uh, and I know a lot of people love this song. Hooligan, I think, is the only blemish on all those albums. I even love love theme of Kiss. Great expectations to a point. A little bit. What about Tomorrow on Tonight? I love that song. Okay, bye. Especially the li- the fake live version. I think it's even better than the studio version. Because, you know, Tomorrow Tonight was never performed live yet. It's on Kiss Alive 2. <laughs> Kiss was everything to me at the time. And this was my second chance to see Kiss that uh, my parents didn't let me go. Uh, Love Gun Tour. Um, I don't know if I ever discussed this on the program before, but the Love Gun Tour, my brother went to the show. And he was supposed to take me, but he didn't. He sold me out and fucking went with his friend. You know, they snuck out without taking me. Because my brother told me later on in life, dude, the reason I didn't want you to go, because I didn't want you seeing me smoke pot. I was like, like I was going to be looking at fucking aces smoking guitar. Not looking at you smoke pot, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and, and look how, dude, to talk about rubbing salt in the wound, I was so depressed. That night when my brother already left to go see Kiss, I went in my room to play my A track of Kiss Alive, and my brother took it with him. Oh, what a dick. I'm telling you. I remember hearing I Was Made For Loving You on KKIQ, a local top 40 and rock station in Livermore, California as a kid. And uh, this was basically at the peak of my kiss addiction. And I was still young enough that I wasn't being like uh, influenced by the older metal uh, hard rock kids that basically abandoned kiss during this era so it was still you know fucking i was just so so fucking excited and everything i remember i mean i specifically remember hearing it for the very very first time and um and doing research of the show this week it was bringing me back and when i when i think of dynasty i think of for me personally i think of the summer of 1977 1979 excuse me the beers are starting to hit me. But there's three albums yeah. that define... Yeah, bam! There's, there's three albums that define this kid's summer of 79. Stick Kiss Dynasty. Box. No, Kiss Dynasty, ACDC Highway to Hell, and Van Halen 2. They were the soundtrack of this kid's summer of 1979, man. And uh, that's it, my introduction. It was yeah. the same Hagar musical chairs? Um, no. Yes! <laughs> But yeah, so I, I like uh, to to repeat it. Yeah, I mean, I remember specifically KKIQ. I mean, I and then from that point on, I remember when Unmasked came on. I know going off script, calling the radio station, play this, play that, and then the Elder. And then by that time, they changed the format because they knew he and hated the album. But, right. um, but yeah, so that was my introduction, and of course later on, I'm going to get into seeing. You know, sure knows something video on Don Kirshner and whatnot, so on and so forth. So, uh, yeah, it, it means a lot to me. Uh, I was still that young and impressionable. I wasn't like a 16 year old kid where I could say, fuck that shit. But I was still young enough that, that it still meant so much to me. You know, it still meant it was, you know, it was just it was months before my Judas Priest addiction later in 79 uh, Unleashed in the East. So then I started to change. Then things started getting heavy. It's like, wait a minute, now, what is this pussy kind of fact? This, you know, but um, but at that juncture, I was still loving it, and and I looked past the colorful costumes, you know, 
coincidentally, I looked past the colorful costumes of the Judas Priest Turbo, which was a lot, a lot of years later, where I've gotten a lot of flack for that. But back, yeah, yeah but at least uh, they didn't have capes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, then there's that. But yeah, so um, yeah, that that's my introduction. I just to got an Dynasty. idea. What's that? No, I just went ding. You heard that little thing? <laughs> I just got an idea. Well, you know, you know, uh, to piggyback there, I'm, I'm, I, I rip off Bill a lot. Which, by the way, Bill, remind me next show I do, I'm going to do another Bill Wang thing. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, on stage. Um, the the costumes that Kiss wore during Dynasty. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but I fucking love it. I love that whole Vegas trip they had, man. Wow. It was fucking... I don't know, man. I just thought it was pretty fucking cool. My favorite costume is actually Love Gun. But uh, I yeah. love I love the Dynasty costume. It was way over the top. Yeah, Peter Chris when he was in full gear with the, with the, with the fucking monkey... With the, with the monkey heads <laughs> on his shoulder. Yeah, that's a little too much. Yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't it look like those monkeys, the, those robot monkeys on Kiss Me Stefano around his chuckle shoulder and shit? I think that's where they get the idea, yeah. Yeah, that, that was a little too much. But other than that, I like Gene's, like, rock. It looked like rocks on him and, and Paul's purple thing. And Ace, Ace was, what my, was my favorite. And I did love the capes. I wish Rob Hoffer would have wore a cape. Oh, my. My goodness. Hell, yeah. I don't mind saying that. I love... I loved everything about Dynasty. I thought the whole Dynasty trip was fucking awesome. And now, in retrospect, looking back on it, I fucking still love it. You know? Oh, yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. But you see what I'm saying. It, it, they went from the the black and silver, you yeah. know, not to steal from Ian's Raider look, but, you know, to the colorful Disney look. Why not? Everybody it, else does. Yeah, well, yeah, right. But it wasn't, uh, and, and I'm with you. Back then, I, I I didn't have a problem with it either. But in retrospect, reflecting on it, yeah, it was a, you know, sure, I like it, but I understand the general consensus among other fans of hard rock heavy metal. They said, what the fuck is this? You know? You know well, that, Bill, you know what, man? In their defense, if we were like five years older, we would have hated that shit. I, that's what I'm saying, bro. I they know, exactly. Like, Dude, disco, you fucking... You broke the cardinal rule. You went right. disco. You fucking did a disco song. You fucks. But and I even fell into that trap, going, "Yeah, it sucks, but the rest of the album rocks." You know? Right. Yeah, there's a little disco okay. element on "Sure Know Something" and "Dirty Living," I guess, and a little charisma. Yeah. But still, it's it still rocked. You know? It was like, oh, but now you know. Like I said, I ain't gonna repeat myself. But yeah, uh, well said, Bill. How about you, Ian? Here comes um, Mr. Negative. That's right. Uh, no, well, I mean, there's a lot of positives. And, and you know, besides my AIDS test, uh, it, this is my first awareness of KISS. And uh, on a couple different levels. One, the first song I ever remember hearing from KISS was uh, I Was Made For Loving You. And I vividly remember, we, we had this... Uh, it was almost like what a Best Buy is now, but we had this store in Illinois called Hornsby's. And I remember going there with my grandmother and throwing a, 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 just the biggest temper tantrum because I wanted to kiss dolls. And, and for you kiss nerds who cry, I'm sorry, kiss action dolls. Um, and I wanted all four of them, and I had to have them. And I'm just, I, I threw the biggest fucking fit, and I ended up leaving the store 
with not a single uh, Kiss action figure, but I got the Godzilla that his arm shot off, you know, that Mattel made. You know, where the arm shot off and you pulled the little trigger on the back of his neck and the, the fiery tongues shot out. And my mother, to this day, uh, regrets not buying them. Not because she loves me or Kiss, but because as a Barbie collector, she knows the Kiss dolls are worth money. But I, I remember hearing that song and, and loving it. And my, my, my father absolutely hated Kiss. He bought the first Kiss album... Uh, because he thought it would be like Alice Cooper, the New York Dolls. You know, shit he was much more into. Uh, he thought the first Kiss album sucked, so that they sucked, you know. So it wasn't heard in the house, but I heard it on the radio. But I Was Made For Loving You is like, you know, one of three other songs that I first remember hearing nonstop on the radio, which were all disco songs by rock bands. Uh, my other earliest memories is... You know, the Stones miss you. You know, my dad was a huge Stones fan. And, you know, he would play some girls all the time. And I would hear miss you. And another one was Rod Stewart's Do You Think I'm Sexy? And these were all rock artists doing, you know, disco tracks. And I mean, you see it a lot more now in music, I think, than you did back then. But here are some older rock artists getting a little bit long in the tooth by those standards back then uh trying to keep up with current trends and i love all three of those fucking songs but i also love disco uh so it was amazing to me i i absolutely loved it and this was the first kiss tour i saw i actually it was my first trip out to san francisco and i was gonna go with bill wang to the cow palace to see the dynasty tour but, uh, you know, his mother caught us doing some quaaludes and uh, said, no ticket, no laundry. And uh, so I had to go by myself. And, uh, you know, hey, it, it was a good show. But those fucking costumes, good lord. I mean, I mean, when does Siegfried and fucking Roy come out, you know? <laughs> David Copperfield. You know, people always make fun of, like, I love... love the fucking uh, asylum outfits that everybody hates, and, I, and, and, and I, I'm like, uh, granted, yeah, Gene did look really bad. I thought the other three looked good, but everybody rags on those. But I'm like, really? You like the fucking capes? The fucking capes? Yeah, I do. Jesus Christ! I'll take that, that shit over. That was, uh, uh, you know, no. Me actually, too. Actually, capes rule. Well, at Bam. the same time, you know, you know, Kiss and the Village people were on the same label, Casablanca. And uh, they actually, they were going to give those outfits to the village people. And they were like, no, everybody will think we're fags. <laughs> you know? I, I mean, that shit is fucking horrible. I mean, you know, I, I get now they add color to it, you know, because of the solo albums. Which, which really, it truly is the beginning of the death of Kiss, is the solo albums. Uh, uh, I mean, to me... I, I love all eras of Kiss. You, you know, you know. I even like, you know, you know. Bill, don't hate me. There's some Scab Kiss that I like. Uh, you know, I hate Tommy Thayer. Yeah, but I mean, I mean. Nah, don't some, worry, man. I love Monster, and Bill still loves it. There, there's some song. There's some songs I like, but to me, true, pure, honest Kiss uh, died uh, with Love Gun. You know, and if you want to go a little bit further, Alive too. Uh, but from that point on. Kiss was, uh, you know, they weren't madness. It was a well, one alive step. Two, alive 2 already had uh, 
Bob Kulik playing. Right, right. But you know what I mean. But I mean the. the, the... Uh, I love Gun. Love Gun is the peak. Yeah, you yeah. can't really count like uh, what is it? Um, Sweet Pain because it's just a one-off thing. Right, right. But right. what what I'm saying though is, as far as what I consider the uh, the true, true Kiss sound, uh, you know, you know that that was the end of it. And then instead of you know being madness, one step beyond Kiss was constantly one step behind. Uh, they were always like a year too late for whatever trend they were chasing. I mean, you see it with like, uh, you know, they 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 do disco in '79. While wow, that's really like kind of the death of disco, you know, you know, and uh, you know they try to you know do Pink Floyd the Wall. They're a year late on that, and then they try to become metal again when Maiden and Priest already did it. You know, then they jump on the Van Jovi uh, bandwagon after that's already taken off. You know, and, and the grunge shit, they do that a year after it took off. Right. You know, they, they were always like a year behind. And, you know, and I've said this before in many episodes, another artist who is exactly in the same place was Alice Cooper. Like, you know, had an original sound, and when the Alice Cooper band broke up, Alice Cooper was the same thing. Cock Rock's big. Okay, now Alice Cooper got a Cock Rock. You know, and, and, and now it's this. And then the funny thing is, both Alice Cooper and Kiss, you know, now in the latter states of their career, they go back to playing more in the sound of what they actually truly are. I mean, because Kiss being a metal band is still fake. Because because they, they were just a hard rock band. So it's no, in 75, they're American metal band. I understand what you're saying, but, but what I'm saying, though, I mean, you listen to that, it's still, it, it's still hard rock. You know, th those albums are truer to what they are and what their influences were. Right, right, as opposed to Creatures and Lick It Up. Fair yes, enough, yeah, fair yeah, enough. And, 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 and Animalize, that's them trying to keep up with the times. That's True. Them, that's them doing whatever to stay current. But what, what what's truly in their hearts and what comes out of them is that first, you know, from from the first album through, through Love Gun. And then they're constantly chasing what's popular. You know, but everything that's old is new again. That's why you see the reunion. That's why you see, I mean, like it or not, Sonic Boom and Monster, musically and songwriting-wise, regardless of who's playing, song structure-wise, is closer to 70s Kiss than, than the Vinnie Vincent era, than the, you know, the Mark St. John and Bruce Kulik. But, you, know you, know, you know what? You know what? I'll have to disagree there. I, I'll, I'll agree with you on Sonic Boom. But I think Sonic Boom and Monster are two totally different albums. Sonic Boom really tried to be 70s, even down to the fucking artwork. And 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 Tommy uh, Tony Thayer from Vixen was doing the exact Ace Frehley type guitar solos. What Ace would do? Where Monster, he stopped doing that shit. And tell you the truth, some of those songs on Monster remind me more of 80s kids. Well, but, but, I, I, I'm not saying it, it's a perfect replica, but I'm saying like in spirit, you know, like where every member has a song, you know, where it's more basic, just right. They're not trying to be metal on Monster. There's not, there's nothing on fucking Monster that's trying to be. Yeah, but they're trying to be original Kiss, so that's but, so but calculated. That's, and, and that's what I'm, and that's what they've done ever since Love Gun, though. They've always tried to be. They're pretending to be something, and then finally. Shit gets so old now they're trying to pretend to be themselves, <laughs> which is fake. Exactly, but but it's no much faker than them trying to be fucking Iron Maiden or Motley Crue or Bon Jovi. Now now we still might like some of those songs, but it's still Kiss pretending to be something else. 
Uh, those albums don't sound like fucking Love Gun or Rock and Roll Over or Dress to Kill. That's them trying to sound current, you know? And just like, you know, fucking uh, Carnival of Souls was that pretend to be Korn or Alice in Chains. You know, it's, it's always chasing whatever's gonna, you know, buy Shannon a new dress, you know? But I mean, and I, some would, and some would say without them doing that, they wouldn't have continued to live. I mean, the some, and not me, but no, some no, would no. say I, I, them chasing I, those as they kept evolving and kept like grasping onto the last straw to get them to the next era, to the next era, to the next era. Some say that, and some also say, "Well, God, the thing about Kiss is you got so many diverse." complex different eras of kiss where it's not the same thing acdc same album blah 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 blah. so and you've got that you know that element of the conversation also right but i'm saying if they wouldn't have changed uh i don't think they would have survived i think they would be playing rib fest with chicken foot yeah that's a valid point yeah i guess we'll never know and and, and i there's certain points that i love from all eras but i'm saying uh this this album in particular i think was a reaction uh, to the solo albums because I really think at, at that point they thought they could do absolutely no wrong. The solo al- albums are a complete and utter flop other than Aces and and, and, and to do well, well Paul's is looked back upon fondly but I, I, I'm saying the impact it made when it came out Paul's, oh, right. commercially speaking yeah, right, yeah, right. Paul's might as well have been fucking Jeans or Peters. Ace was the <laughs> only one that had a fucking hit you know, uh, but I, I, I think, you know, and, and that was their first, you know, from their uprising, that was their first setback. So now it's like, oh, shit, we got to rethink what we're doing. Uh, look what the Stones just did. You, you know, look what Rod Stewart just did. Uh, the Who, you know, got Sister Disco. Let, let, let's do something, you know. And from that point on, it's trying to catch up instead of being an innovator. And in my opinion, no offense, Bill Wang, I think Metallica did the same thing. Like, oh, everything's changing. Uh, we got to do what they do. You know, and 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 a lot of hardcore fans got pissed off with Metallica. The same way a lot of hardcore fans fans got pissed off with Kiss. But only a fool would deny that. I'm not pissed. I agree with you, man. But Holy. Uh, but. You know, the end- I still love those albums that you're referring to, but right. I'm not going to be oblivious and deny the fact that they were totally trying to be Alice in Chains or whatnot at oh, yeah. But anyways, but, I digress. You know, there, there's also differences in opinion. You know, uh, you know, you guys, uh, you know, uh, some of you haven't changed your opinions. Some have. Uh, you, you know, and it, it, hindsight is 2020. This is an album I think we all enjoy, even though we might have different opinions. But you can't deny at the time it was seen in a slap in the face to the the people who were there from the beginning or from when yeah. they first took off. That, that is Which true. is way before even me and Ralph. Yeah, because <laughs> you cause, know because Bill and I loved it. And I came into Kiss a little late, probably later than than Bill, because my first kiss was really uh from a guy. I, no, I mean my first kiss album was from uh the, the double platinum. Correct. Uh, I, I get a year on you. I got one year on you. Yeah. Okay. Double Platinum was my very first Kiss album that I went out and actually bought, uh, and I and I and it was because of the song "I Want You," yeah. you know, because my friend played me "I Want You" from Rock and Roll Over, 
And I was like, oh, I love that song, I Want You. And then I knew, the very first time I ever, that I do recall Kiss ever, was a Mad Magazine, it had a little drawing on them. Uh, inside, it had Kiss, and, and even that intrigued me, that little picture, I was like, yeah, I wanna look into this band. I guess I knew, I knew of uh, Rock and Roll All Night, Beth, of course, I knew that song. But I didn't really, it wasn't until Double Platinum, and when Double Platinum, oh my God. From there, Rock and Roll Over, Kiss Alive, and it was over for me. Then I got the solo album. And, and, and just like you have that much passion, that's how I was with Asylum. Because, I, you know, I heard uh, I Was Made for Love, and you loved it. But then as I'm getting, you know, Kiss faded out, I forgot about him. And, and then I remembered it again when I heard Tears Are Falling. So it's like, you know, people can slam Asylum all day and the look and everything, but that's when I fell in love with Kiss the same way you fell in love with Kiss with Double Platinum or, you know, or Bill did with, with Love Gun or I don't know how, but Chris Sinzak did with Crazy Nights. <laughs> you, you know, it, it's, it's like whenever, you you know, when, when you get that first kiss or that first real kiss, you know, wherever you were, it hits you, and it'll never be the same, and you'll never forget it, you know? And and I'm so critical on Kiss, and I laugh, and I make fun of them, but it's one of those things, it's like, like a brother. Like, like, you know, you can rag on your brother, you can do all this, but if somebody else does it, you'll fucking kick their ass. And that's how I am with Kiss. Some people might listen to this show and think I'm like this huge Kiss hater, and I'm not. I'm just not like the Kiss, like super fan that, that well i mean i still am but it's not like like, like Kool-Aid drinker yeah 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 you don't you don't accept everything they do right. i'm not as ralph isn't we're right, not right. fucking clown ass fucking bullshitters no no I mean, really? no and i'm not i'm not saying you are but there, there are a lot of kiss fans that like you can say nothing negative and i used to be like that i i really used to be like that like you know i would defend the elder i would defend all this shit i would be i'd be like no kiss is the greatest man and 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 kiss is still is so important to me and will be for the rest of my life i love kiss but you know as you get a little bit older you realize like we're sitting here arguing over 60 year old men dressed in clown makeup <laughs> you know right and, and we're back it's like that 60 year old man ain't wearing the right fucking clown makeup and i'm fucking pissed you know, but that's how much it meant to us when it hit us. And you'll never replace that enthusiasm, that love that you get in your youth. And, that, and that's what it really is. Even though we might like some newer stuff, it's all about how this band affected us when we were children. You know, you know, and and I still stand by. We, we, we wouldn't like them. As, it, you know, it's more than the makeup. If we didn't love the music, we wouldn't be fighting over this. But the, the way we argue over this, you know, imagine if, like, you know, people are telling us about Slipknot, like, oh, somebody's wearing Joey Jordanson's mask, and that's wrong. We would rag the shit out of him, like, you fucking idiot. Uh-huh. Fucking right. Slipknot, you fucking pussy, you know? But we're like that with Kiss, because yeah. it's, it's part of our youth. It's part of what shaped us. And uh, I love it, and we've been rambling, so we might as well get into the fucking album. Bill Wang, you are our most admired special guest. What do you think of the opening track, I Was Made For Loving You? 
Uh, well, before I get into the opening track, I, I, I want to uh, quote Paul Stanley about Dynasty, and then and I'll get into my synopsis about how I was made for loving you. Paul Stanley on Dynasty. The album wasn't a rock album, but then again, we weren't really a rock band anymore. We were a bunch of rich guys who look who lacked a primal spirit. Spot on. But as far as I was made for loving you. The global Studio 51 hit, the disco's Kiss song that hard rock and metal heads of 1979 buried Kiss to. Older kids, at least. Uh, Desmond Child and Paul Stanley, the tag team, their first song ever written together. I love the mini Ace solo. I mean, I really do. I think it's such an intricate part of the song. Uh, number 11 on Billboard, which is mind-blowing because it was one or two around the world. Um, how I felt about it back then, uh, I was such a, like I said in our, my original analysis, uh, prelude to the album, um, I was a little like, wow, this doesn't sound like Love Gone or whatever, but I liked it, okay, and I like it now, and uh, on my rating scale, I'm going to give it four out of five chopsticks. All right, Ian, I'll go last. Uh, Ian's in the bathroom. Okay, I'll go. Um, me, like I said earlier, I hated it. But you know what? That little mini guitar solo you talked of, I do remember vividly, and I, and I forgot about this until you brought that up. Me and my best friend at the time, who I'm still friends with, but um, he uh, he would always say, that little guitar solo, Ace does in that song is good. And I was like, yeah. That's yeah. The only, I was like, that's the only good part of the song. And it is really cool. And and have you noticed? It's never been duplicated, not even by Ace ever again. Yes, I, I, I have noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. Like anybody that's done a cover, I believe Bruce has done it and Tommy's done it. Uh, I don't think Vinny ever did it. But no, um, unfortunately, he never did. Yeah, but and even when Ace does it, it's it's number one, it's longer, and it doesn't have like he'll do like maybe a little tiny piece of it. But just the way, I think the way that shit's played, I don't think it's easy to do. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't wrong. think so either. It's, it's difficult to replicate. Yeah, totally, yeah, man. I think so, man. Cause, and I used to always think that of that song. I used to go, that little guitar solo is so badass, you know? But that was the only yeah. thing I liked about it, you know? But Fair as enough, I said, right. years go by and I liked it. Then I start, Then when I did the review on YouTube, I was like, you know what? I used to hate it, but now I like this song. Right. Well, now, I fucking love it. And, you know, my my the thing I really love about I Was Made For Loving You is really that, well, basically the whole thing, but that 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 beginning. It's so catchy, that chicken, 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 that little chicken, totally, chicken. Totally, and, and with the yeah. little bass, you know, which, by the way, Gene mm-hmm. says that uh, he played bass on that song. And on other interviews, he said he did it. So yeah. I, I don't know who to believe, Gene or... It was, it was actually Bootsy Collins. Was it? I yeah. thought it was Anton Fig. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Or no, wasn't it Bob Daisley? <laughs> no, he wrote the lyrics. Yeah, that's right, yeah. He wrote the lyrics and music. No, but Ralph is so right. It's like there's so many songs on this record, and in particular, like you were making reference to Gene saying he played bass on I Was Made For Loving You. I totally just wish I knew, like, you know, when we get to it, like, uh, our times or Save Your Love, it's like, you know, your ace did them, but that was made for loving you, baseline, it's just, it's it's simplistic, but it's so catchy, and it's yeah. like, did he really play it? But no, you're right. 
And uh, yeah, and, and like that bass line is so catchy. The little drum fills are so catchy. You know. Yeah. And yeah. I love, and I love, I love right before the fucking guitar solo where you hear that, you know, you know little sound effects and shit. Oh, I love that. I always point when that happens like it's a lightning bolt, and I, I, I yeah. like to talk about like. Yeah, it's so fucking <laughs> awesome, and to me, it's just pure fucking ear candy. You know, I mean, yeah. you listen to it enough, your ears will get diabetes. It's that good. Yeah. It, it, and and there's an, an extended version that I got on the, I believe it's the the, uh, the Psycho Circus single, brings like an eight minute version of it. Yeah, it, it has. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, Casablanca released that back then. Yeah, which I'm yep. sure I'll be playing under us now. Um, it's so, it's so, that part is so like extended, you know, it just keeps going on and on and on. And I'm like, I remember that. And I'm like, I can never get bored of this. I just love that sound. I love the, I just love it. It's just so, and it, it really does baffle me why I didn't as a kid, but I think the reason I didn't because there's certain things, and I'm not one to get caught in peer pressure, even though I did smoke weed and do a lot of stupid shit. But I really wasn't one to really get caught in the peer pressure shit, but I think peer pressure did play a role in me hating the song as a kid because I really did dislike disco. I did, genuinely. I didn't like the BG. I didn't like, I didn't even like the movie Saturday Night Fever, which I watch it now, I own it. But to tell you the truth, I still don't think it's a great movie, but I own it for, for nostalgic reasons. It does have, it seems that's good, but I think some of that movie's just plotting and boring. I don't know. Can, can you dig it? What's, I knew that you could. What do you guys think of Saturday Night Fever? I, I love it. You think I it's a great it. movie? How about you, Bill? Um, I don't really like it. I love the BG soundtrack, but, and I, remember, I was there back in, whenever I think that was 77 I came out. I saw it in the um, movies. I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. My mom wouldn't let me go to... Show, it, it, what's what's crazy is my mom wouldn't let me go to a movie like that and everyone else did but she did take me to Jaws in 75 which is crazy but um, uh, I've seen the movie since obviously and it's 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 a timepiece and it's it's cool I like the music more than I like the actual movie yeah, I think, and, yeah. and, and, and and not to be a revisionist historian but back then I I hated that shit you know because yeah, and maybe to piggyback on what you said a big you know you know oh I'm cool I like this that and Van Halen just came out you know and you 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 get older and you're more open to stuff but I love the soundtrack as I love the Bee Gees now so I have it yeah. I have it on vinyl twice <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm the same way with Footloose you know minus the Sammy Hagar song you know <laughs> I don't even know. I, I know that movie. I think I may have watched it once. But, uh, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was watched... almost paradise that, that that Van Hagar covered in fifty one fifty. Is it that Robin Zander and Ann Wilson? No. Uh, no, no. It's uh, the dude from Loverboy, Mike, whatever his name is. Mike Reno. Reno. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah the guy that on VH1 said, "Yeah, Nirvana killed our career." I was like, "Dude, Mot- oh, yeah. Motley Crue killed your career." Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that that's like Led Zeppelin saying Glenn Miller killed our career. No, you're way too fucking late, brother. 
<laughs> I know. That Mike Reno interview that you're talking about, Dr. Fuck, yeah. it's funny. This guy's about 400 pounds, and he's got a fucking bandana at 65 years old. It's like, mama, Burger King killed your career, dude. Bam! <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm serious, dude. I saw that shit. It's like, shut the fuck up. Everybody's working for a weekend. You're working at Burger King. <laughs> I'm serious, dude. Hey, he, he's a nice guy. He was right in front of me at the Piccadilly Buffet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, day. man. Oh, my I, goodness. I, I like the first two Loverboy albums, though. I got to admit. I like uh, Get Lucky. Oh, oh I like a lot out. of those songs. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm not going to be too fast. Turn Me Loose, uh, Working for the Weekend's a great song. Yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of cool tunes on the first two albums. I have it on vinyl, and actually I played Get Lucky the other day. There's good tunes on that. Did you? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, okay, where were we at? I don't know. Uh, I would like to talk about I Was Made for Loving You. Okay. Um, loved it then. Love it now. Uh, but th- this is them... Well, I should say Paul. I shouldn't say them. Gene never liked the song. Ne- you know, didn't like playing it live. Didn't like the idea of it. But uh, have you guys ever heard the the demos when they're making the album that's on YouTube? Have you guys ever have you guys ever listened to that? No, no. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, they got they got them doing this in the studio where they're yelling at Peter about like you know. Oh, it's awesome. Oh it's yeah, awesome. about how bad he sucks and let's start it over. <laughs> But, go, uh, do, go do another eight ball, Peter. Get faster. Bam. Exactly. Oh, I got to hear this. But uh, oh, it's I, awesome. But but oh, I, I've got a little snippet, and I'm gonna play it right now. This, this is Paul Stanley uh, initially oh. talking about the song, so I'm gonna cue that up right now. Oh wow! All right, Ooh. here we go. Say, Deathman, we need a fucking hit. Have you heard what Peter did on a solo album? That's the kind of sugar Papa likes. Holy fuck! We need a disco song. Write me one, will ya? Woo! That's a hit. And, uh... Wow. There you go. Yeah, that's you can... Rare. Add, yeah, that's... Where did you perfect. find that, dude? <laughs> uh, that's on K-Tells now. That's what I call Kiss. Uh, wow! Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a total... <laughs> it's a total fucking sellout. Uh, but I love it, dude. It, it's, it, it's, it's a catchy song. And I'll never forget, you know, the, the first time I saw Kiss, I saw them twice on the Hot in the Shade tour, which everybody knows. I mean, that was the tour where they really brought out, you know, some of the older tracks. And when they played this, the place went fucking nuts. I hate I hate when they play this live, though. All right, so uh, 2000, man. I guess I'll take this one. All right. Um, love it. Uh, my favorite of the three A songs, even though it's a Rolling Stone song. Um, when I first bought the album, this was my song. This was the best song on the album. It has since changed, but I still love the fuck out of this song. I love it's total ace, even though you know you can tell Keith Richards might have wrote the lyrics of this. One. But um, it's just so ace, and uh, it rocks, man. He he, and and he really does. In my opinion, because maybe I heard it first, because dude, I didn't hear Rolling Stones version for at least a decade or two after I, you know, 1979, and I was like taken back how fucking I think terrible the Rolling Stones version is. It's this little tweeny guitar, and Mick is singing it, or is it 
He sings it. I don't even know. No, no, it's Mick. Okay, and he sings it so light, and it doesn't rock. And Ace, like, made that fucking shit rock. And uh, I just love the fuck out of this song. And I always love that guitar solo. It's kind of Ted Nugent-ish, who I just saw last night. And um, I just think it fucking rocks. And, you know, I got to say, it's uh, it's also uh, on YouTube. Uh, uh, a video of it's on YouTube that Ace Frehley shared. <laughs> that is a true I knew story. That was coming. Ace, yeah, Ace Frehley put that shit on his Twitter or Facebook, and uh, yeah, I was the one that made that video. And yeah, uh, right, you did. That's right, and um, I love it. I love the song. I think Ace fucking nails it, and it's pr- and it and it just shows why this motherfucker should have sang three songs on every album. 2,000 men, bam, Bill Wang. Bam, 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 yeah. I mean, I could basically say what Dr. Fuck said, but I'm gonna add a little bit. I absolutely love Ace's version, and like yourself, Dr. Evolve, that fucks everything. I was not aware of this Stones version until approximately a, a decade later, even though I got some, my introduction, I know I'm veering off the path of the Rolling Stones with some girls, seven, uh, Christmas of 78. My dad got me into the early stuff, but he he didn't have a Majesty's... Uh, Satanic uh, Majesty's request. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was unaware of that for many, 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 many years. But I love it. The spacey song with the spacey lyrics. You know, it's so different from the Stones original. I absolutely love it and exactly what Dr. Fuck said. It's fucking badass. It's not my favorite on the record, um, but it's so badass, it's my third favorite. All right, uh, worst song on the fucking album. I hate oh. this. I hate this fucking. And I'm the biggest. I mean, I know you love the Stones, Wayne, but I, I believe I'm an even bigger uh, Stones nut swinger. Hate this fucking song. I hate the Stones fucking version. I hate Kiss's fucking version. I've always hated this song. It's stupid. It's stupid fucking lyric. I can't believe like Ace. Uh, you know, there, there's so many great Stone songs. He could have covered and pulled off, but this song. But you know, I'm in my. I'm sure it's an unpopular opinion, dude. I fucking detest New York Groove. I think that's the gayest fucking song. I could name like ten other Peter Chris songs I like better than New York Groove, and I hate Peter Chris. You know, you like Winger and Warren, anyways. Exactly. Hey, hey, you've seen Sammy Hagar fifty-seven times. Right. Uh, uh, yeah, no, yeah no, I'm, <laughs> you want me to help you there? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not done. Uh, no, I, 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 I think this is terrible. I, you know, spoiler alert. I love the other two A songs, but another thing, I, you know, once again, I say the solo albums were the death of Kiss, and I think what happened in in Ace's case is I think it made him way too overconfident. You know, and I love I love like the songs he wrote musically. I love Shock Me. I love Rocket Ride. Uh, but you know, I, I I think if his album wouldn't have been the one with a breakout single, like maybe he would have stayed in Kiss longer, which would have maybe I I don't know if you'd say it saved Kiss because you know once Peter was gone, he was outvoted, and you see shit like Unmasked, you see shit like The Elder. But maybe he would have stayed a little bit longer because I always want Ace and Kiss. Yeah, Vinnie Vincent's cool and all, but uh, g- give me Ace any fucking day 
over any guitar player that was in Kiss. Um, I agree with you 100%. But but, but, but but if I had to switch, only Vinny. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I agree with what you're saying there because... That's as, my doctor right there, everybody. Bam. As metal fans, he took them in the most metal direction. Or at least what was allowed to. Not so much as... Dude, dude, I mean, I love his playing. Don't get me wrong. It's that songwriting that guy did, man. Right, right. Those songs on those two albums. Then then, then again, you know... Oh, my goodness. But when he's not restrained... I mean, look at the Vinnie Vincent invasion show. No, that's why I'm saying in this. Right, right. No, no, no. Uh, they, They brought out the best in him the way I believe Kiss brought out the best in in Ace. Because as much as I love Ace and, and his guitar playing, and he is the sound of Kiss for me, uh, you know, a lot of his solo shit, man. Uh, a lot like how Ace brings out the great superior taste of music that me and Bill Wang have, uh, case in point, 2000, man. Well, there you go. <laughs> you, got, you guys love it. Dave bless you. But, uh... uh, uh this ship uh, sailed without me. You're just a boy in a sundress gazing at a crazy sky. Ian's, this is Ian right now, about 2,000 men. Oh, no, no, no. You're like him saying, oh, I'm an ace fan. Well, this is this is him. He's like, this is Donald Trump. No, 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 no. I'm, I have a lot of Mexican friends. I mean, trust me, I really do. You know, I have a lot of Mexican friends and also a lot of black friends. So, you know, here's the deal. Dilly D, back. Anyways. <laughs> uh, uh, my Mexican friends heard fucking 2,000 men and they went, okay. <laughs> I'm just playing. This, 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 this shit's fucking horrible. But why don't we go into a song that uh, could be tied for my favorite? And I know that'll piss you all off. No, I love this song. But that is Sure Know Something. Before you go into it, I'm going to ask both of you a question. And I'll, and I'll answer my... Y'all believe in rock and roll? I'll answer it first. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my version. A lot of people claim, oh, the unplugged version is better than that version. I got to tell you this. I think they're tied. I think the unplugged version is fucking awesome. But better than Sure Know Something? No, Ty, right? What do you guys think? I I, I disagree. Which one do you like more? The fucking Dynasty version killed the Unplugged version. Me too, me too, by far. I love the Unplugged, though, but no way, Jose. To tell you the truth, I think the Unplugged version is the best song on that album. Okay. The best rendition of an Unplugged Kiss song on, on the Unplugged album is... To me, uh, that song. And boy, do we all agree that, that World Without that? Heroes. That World Without Heroes, Dr. Fox. World Without Heroes, that guitar solo. I remember seeing that convention. Right. Where Paul did that solo. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. I wish I saw that. I didn't. Damn, Every damn. fucking note in World Without Heroes is perfect. Paul really nailed it there. Yeah, totally. totally. All right, cool. Well, but, yeah, but, but yeah, you're right. right. Like it sure knows something awesome. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I, love, I love the unplugged version. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's better. I, I think it's tied. But I, I, I like it, but uh, it kind of goes with what you said about a live version of... Uh, I was made for love. Rock and roll and nice. Exactly. This is, make no bones about it, people. This is a disco song. And it is perfect the way it is. I know so many people who love this song that don't even like Kiss because it transcends what Kiss is. Because once again, this is Kiss 
trying to be everything to everybody. This is them stepping outside the comfort zone, stepping out, you know, the black and silver costumes. You know, you know, this is, you know, this is a color form. This is a shrinky dink, you know, uh, but it is an amazing fucking song. And I listen to it almost every weekend with my old lady, like, like when I'm totally drunk after I do the radio show, after I do the podcast, you know, I always sit here with the old lady and, and I got to mix it up. I got to play shit she likes. I got to play, you know, some cock rock shit. I always throw in sh- sure knows something and she fucking loves it. Everybody loves this fucking song. I, she swallows after that. Damn. Uh, you know, I think everybody loves it. It's great. I, I do like the, uh, you know, the unplugged, but to me, this is the definitive version and it's a perfect pop song. Might not be the, you know, the best kiss song, but as far as like just, just structure and flow, it's absolutely flawless. Tied with my favorite. Love sure knows something. What you think, Bill Wang? Um, I love the groove to the song. It's a fantastic melody. Like I said previously, I remember seeing the video on Don Kirshner's rock concert, rock show. And then another mini cool ace solo that's such an important part of the song. Awesome background vocals. Released as a single September 30th, 1979. I love the song and I agree that the original version is much better and has much more personality and and much, much truer to the actual song. The, the actual invention of the song and what it means, like uh, Wad just said, and um, I give it five out of five chopsticks. Bam. Nice. You know, I could be wrong, but I, I could have sworn that was Paul that did the solo to that song. Yes, it is. It is, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's not Ace, Bill. But um, yeah, uh, I'll be honest, you know, I didn't really like the song back then. Didn't really hate it either. It was just like, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know. Let's get to the next one. Uh, but now, yes, I love this song. I love the video. That video, especially that little close-up where they reenact the album cover, that five seconds, man, that's just so cool. You know, and, and, and I love the video because of the imagery, the, the costumes, and you know, the whole glittery Vegas vibe that they were going for. It just worked for me. Everything at that time was clicking, but I feel like that also was, in hindsight, what killed them for me as well. Because when Unmasked rolled around, I wasn't, I, I mean, I, I saw Shandy, which I love Shandy. I love that song, but back then, I saw it on Don Kirshner's rock concert as well, the video. And I was like, oh, what the hell is this garbage? You know, because back then it was all about fucking the first made in British Steel, Unleashed in the East, Heaven and Hell. Uh, women chilling first, you know, I didn't have time for this like kitty shit anymore, you know So it kind of like started with sure knows something, you know, suddenly Gersman never Huh? <laughs> you said you don't have time for this kitty shit. And I said suddenly Gersman never <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyway, um, yeah, and by the way a little plug for that interview that Bill did with Lee Gersman Oh my yes. lord Watching that vid- vid- video, I was just so proud what Ian and I created. <laughs> that was brought to you by Forty Forty Productions. Because you got you take- created League. Bill Lang was way before Rock and Metal. No, but I'm saying, but, but I'm saying, both of you talking about it was 
very oh yeah, yeah i was giving respect oh and hey i just got a, a memo from wang management paul stanley did the solo during sure knows something all okay. right thanks guys my assistants are yeah they just they're just hot right, thanks guys my bad on sure knows something yeah because these you know, beers are fucking the video it show it doesn't technically show paul but it shows a close-up of the guitar solo and you can tell it's that broken mirror you know right right my guitar, bad, my bad my so bad. that's why i was thinking yeah, and then it does show yeah. Paul at the very end doing a little pick scrape thing. But uh, yeah, right, I love man. this song. Uh, sure Know Something's a great fucking song. Uh, like I said, I love the Unplugged version as well. I love the Unplugged album. And um, yeah. yeah, what can I say? I think it's a, it's a great fucking song. And it was the second single, but as far as I know, never played live on the Dynasty Tour. Or ever live uh, non-acoustically, I think. As a matter of fact, the only song played live on the Dynasty Tour was I'm Made for Loving You. No, 2000 Man as well. Was it? Right, yeah. right. The beginning, right. The, 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 it's in the Largo show. The, the Ace oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. And, and Ace did 2000 Man on the on the Unmasked Tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I know that, but I, uh, I, was, I was talking about the Unmasked Tour. I mean, okay. uh, the Dynasty Tour. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, well, Largo. I don't know. Yeah, it probably was scrapped. But yeah, I find it odd how they only played two songs off this album. Live, I mean, why yeah. not? Sure no yeah, you're Pride. right. I'm sorry. Yeah, Pride. those are the only two. Probably Sure No Something didn't translate well live electrically. That's why it sounds good uh, acoustically. I guess that's why they never play it live. I mean, somebody correct me out there. Did they ever, any lineup ever play Sure Know Something that wasn't an acoustic version? No. I don't think so. No. I don't think so either. And I saw every tour as you did, you know? Yeah, no, and I'm even thinking like, you know, those, those, uh, you know, those electric shows they do on Kiss Cruises, you know? Where they throw out like, you know, songs they never played live like you know anything for my baby oh, they could have done that on the scab cruises yeah, yeah that's what yeah, I mean, maybe, yeah. But yeah they probably did those scab fucking cruises they play all the good shit so yeah i mean yeah, yeah. fuck that scab shit unlike this album where all four play on all the songs oh, what are you talking about? anyways uh, <laughs> uh, 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 we digress so let's go to the next song <laughs> bam, bam, bam. all right who's gonna take the next one i'll take it uh, oh my God, do I love this song. And when people say like, well, it's not a disco, I'm like, bullshit, have you heard Dirty Living? And what, what's even funny is like, it's a disco song to begin with, and then there's a disco mix. You know, and by the disco mix, all you do is extend this shit. It's already a disco song. Which I but, love, by the way, but not as much as the, the mix of I Was Made For Love You. Right. But it's but, still cool. But I love this. And, and this is, you know... Uh, the best thing about fucking Peter, you know, uh, you know, besides Justin Childress says the taste, is his vocals, you know, and and, and man, he sounds so good singing this, uh, man, I, I mean, it just sounds so right hearing fucking Peter sing on a Kiss record, you know, I hate, I, not that I hate albums he's not on, but I mean, to me that makes it Kiss when you have that great you know, gritty, raspy voice of Peter Chris. Uh, this is the only one that he drums on. Spoiler alert! And uh, that's up to debate as well. Actually. Well, uh, according to who? I, I I just know when I saw this live, I was screaming because I was like, 
Who's that on fucking drums? This ain't an Anton Fig. He's wearing cat makeup. This is an Anton Fig. Um, that was at the Cow Palace, by the way. Bill Wang was supposed to be there. Um, but uh, awesome. Awesome. And, you know, something we haven't got into is that this is the only track, unless, you know, you listen to the National Enquirer or Ralph, that Peter Chris played on. Because he threw a shit fit. Uh, you know, there was so much drama after the solo albums. You know, who sold what. You know, Peter Chris was so, you know, bitchy about it. He had to have two singles that went nowhere. Everybody, every other member just had one. Ace had the fucking hit. And, you know, Peter had to have two. And, you know, they both fucking tanked. But uh, he's like, if you don't have Vinnie Poncia, you know, produce this album, I fucking quit. So they let they let him have Vinnie Poncia as a producer. And Vinnie, Pon- Vinnie Poncia was the one who said, you can't drum for shit. And, and this was post a car accident that Peter Chris was in. Um, you know, so the decision was made. To, hey, let's do what we've started doing and, and uh, you know, and have a ghost session player. But on this song, you do have Peter Chris with, uh, I, I think, a great sounding Peter Chris, you know, you know, drums and an excellent vocal. I love Dirty Living. Uh, and and I, I love heroin. A lot of the songs about heroin and, uh, and it's full of Peter. Sounds good to me. What do you think, Bill Wang? I know it's funny and you're talking about that because. Sean, uh, Stan Penridge talking about how um, that song was uh, initially written during the Lips years. Yes, that, that is uh, true. Yeah, and um, I like the song. It has an you know, early 70s vibe, um, obviously brought into the 1975 spectrum. I love the aspect of the drugs and living in New York City and... And like you both said, it has a disco vibe. I dig the song, and I know Dr. Fuck has always railed and positive vibes about the song. I love it also. Man. I think it's cool. And I'm really, really happy that they do include this um, on the album, uh, even though he's, you know, like y'all just said, it's like, does he play drums? Probably not, but I'm sure he did a lot of fucking cocaine and sang the shit out of it. So I love this song. I give it four to five chopsticks. Bam, bam, bam. Awesome. Uh, it's my favorite song on the album. Wow. Uh, yeah. I knew is. that was coming. Yep, it is. Uh, and it took me a while to come up with that because it used to be 2000, man. At one point, Hard Times was my favorite, but this one is definitely my favorite song on the album. Now, it has been for like a year or two. Um, I love the little references in the song. Like, uh, there's a little reference on Black Diamond, you know. Uh-huh. What is it on the street for a living? He says something like that in the lyrics. Not generally. Uh, he says mainline in the song. He says gotta get away. And I think there's even another old. You know, it, it, he references songs that he sang on past kiss albums. Right. And um, I just love. And yeah, to me, man, the voice, man. My favorite singer in Kiss is Peter Chris. I think he's got the nice. coolest voice, the raspy voice. It's unfortunate he didn't have more, you know, I would have loved to have, like, you know, more songs from Peter on those early Kiss albums, you know? They, yeah, It was always, too. like, just one or maybe two. Yeah, favorite song on the album. Now I'll flip the album over and uh, talk about charisma. 
Um, this is a song that goes all the way back to the Wicked Lester days. Um, some of this was taken off a song called Simple Type, I think it was called. Can't remember. Um, there's something, there's another backstory to the song, and I can't fucking remember what it was. But uh, what's weird about this song. Yeah, no, it's, it's the Howard Marks uh, said at Beverly Hills when he was uh, making fun of me. He said, uh, he, he saw how girls would always come up with to me and always be would be uncomfortable talking about himself. He was doing, I'm reading, obviously. What is your charisma? It is my power. So it actually had a Howard Marks, uh, one of his uh, management uh, disciples. Uh, is that what you're talking about? Yes, I believe that's it. Bill. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Howard Marks, I believe, was it like in their A&R and promotion and advertising. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, another weird, weird, strange thing about this song was uh, it was never played live yet. During the Elder era, they did a Mexican uh, school show yeah, yeah. where they actually played this, lip-synced it uh, during the Elder era. And also... Right, and the uh, grainy footage. Yeah, oh my really God. fucked up footage. You can't find good footage to this shit. I uh, know. And, but, but it's awesome. But, I mean, you ever heard the story behind that, though? Is they they were promoting the elder and they refused to let him play any song off. <laughs> you know, you know, so, you know so bad. You know, actually, you might not be following uh, the truth there because the elder was like really <laughs> looked down upon so bad by everybody that this was probably around the time they're like, come on, let's not do it. And they also played on that show. I was made for loving you. Uh, yeah, right. Donald Trump and the Mexicans hated the elder back then, so you know. Yeah, they they actually built a wall around the elder. That's where that's you know they really did. They really did. Yeah, right. Exact. Cancer had a like a an office down there, and they built the wall around it. And it says, you know, and Donald Trump anyway. Hey, I, I'm a, I'm I'm a tip man, and I won't touch that knocker. Ugh. Bam, 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 bam. But uh, oh, okay. So the song itself. I fucking adore this song. I love the little um, what is that? That there's a lot of reverb on uh, on Gene's voice, vocals on that. Mm-hmm. Very echoey and 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 spooky. It's total like mm-hmm. you know the perverted demon song. And yeah, uh, I just love it. I love uh, you know I love the little crunchy guitar work on it. You know, the, the, the production of this album is a little fluffy, but I, I think it adds to it, for me, obviously. Uh, because a lot of right. people do have a problem with the production of this album, but this album's very pop, it's very, it's rock, it does rock, but it has such a safe, kind of like, you know, bubblegummy type production. Sanitized, a little bit sanitized, Very sanitized, maybe? and it works for me, it just works for me. And this is Me a- too. There's another one, and I gotta tell you, at one time, this was my favorite song on the album. I love <laughs> charisma, but it's also a weird, weird time for Gene because Gene only has two songs on this album. You know, Ace has three, Paul has three, you know, Peter has one, but still, Gene usually, you know, he has way more than two songs on every Kiss album. So it's kind of weird how he only has two on this one, and uh, but this one's amazing. I love Charisma. I think it's a great song. It's cheesy. Uh, really didn't like. I mean, like I said, it was my favorite song at one point. 
now it's like I don't know it it may it, it may not have aged as well to me but I still love the song mainly for the vocal performance that's that's what gets me about the song the way Gene sings it is fucking magical to me what do you think Ian uh I I love this song and this could this could be the one that's tied for my favorite. Uh, and, and yes, it does have a, a co-writing credit for Howard Marks for coming up with the name of it, but it was written much earlier. And I found this out from super fan and our Hasidic headbanger, uh, Stephen Kirsch. Uh, this is, a, you know, a lot of people know, at one time Gene Simmons was going to be a rabbi. And he wrote this song way back then. It was called My Chutzpah. Uh, but it just didn't have that ring. He changed it to, you know, what's my charisma, and, and, it, and it really took off. I, I love it. It's disco-y. Uh, and it is weird that this is only one of two songs. Uh, he did have another song demoed for this called She's So Yugoslavian. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, it just didn't flow off the tongue. He reworked it for the next album. Uh, but at, at this time, you know, he was so... Uh, he was kind of wrapped up in the fame because, you know, as everybody knows that loves, you know, Kiss and, you know, you're huge fans. You know, you know, Gene's more about the fame and the fortune than probably any other member of Kiss. Where Paul's really always been about the music and Ace has been about the party and, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, that's a myth. And, and Pete's been about, you know, what, 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 the, the, the coke and shit, you know, but, but Gene really loved the fame. And at this time, he was dating Donna Summer, and the original guy tapped to produce this was Giorgio Moroder, who did all the Donna Summer stuff. And remember, Gene was going back and forth between Donna Summer and Diana Ross at this era. And, you know, Giorgio Moroder are also a huge Casablanca producer because Donna Summer was on the label. And, you know, he did, uh, you know, Blondie Call. He did the soundtrack to American Gigolo. Uh, you know, did shit with Irene Cara. He was originally going to be the producer. Can you imagine how much more disco it would have been? I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't even imagine it more disco than this. Do you know of Vinny Poncio's history other than Peter Chris? Uh, Do you have any hits that we know of? Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm know, curious if he was well, like a top-class producer. I, I'm clicking on it right now. Uh, um, yeah, okay, now I remember uh, his big claim to fame before working with Kiss was working with uh, Ringo Starr. He did a lot of Ringo right. Starr's solo albums. Okay. And, uh, and and he was known for kind of that kind of glossy sound and production. You know, he would also go on to do Unmasked. And uh, he would even uh, uh, co-write later. Uh, he had a co-write on uh, Hot in the Shade. I believe he might have had one or two, and he also produced Peter Chris's uh, second solo album, "Let Me Rock You." Uh, but you know, between Ringo and Unmasked and "Let Me Rock You," he never worked again. You know, but uh, you know, it is it it is what it is. But I I love charisma. I you know it, it's my my ex wife slash baby mama's favorite Kiss song, and she hated Kiss. But she loved this song, so that ought to tell you all you need to know. It's not the most Kiss-sounding song, but it is catchy. It is poppy, and I fucking love it. There's no denying it. 
Charisma is a great song. What do you think, Bill Wang? I think I like this song more than I ever did. Kind of goofy and pompous like only Gene could do. Exactly. They, you know, the Ace solo is freaking awesome. And a little tidbit person, person, personal thing. Whenever I go back to North Carolina and I play this song, oh, I take I, off I, my... I, I, I get up my heartstrings. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I take off my, my Mrs. Wang's clothes and I lie her down. And I take off my, my clothes and I go above her and, I, I, and we're all singing the song right now. I go, what is it about me that gets you so hot? Hot, hot. And Mrs. Wang goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bam, 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 bam. solo. So yeah, everything just works so perfectly then. Bam. Anyways, I love this song. I give it five out of five chopsticks. I fucking love this song, and it's so fucking badass. How about Magic Touch? All right, yeah. Magic, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, before we get into that, I mean, it's something that relates with Magic Touch. When we played a show in Puerto Rico, uh, after the show, we're all drunk. We're back at the hotel. Actually, they rented the house for us, so it was really nice. And a member, an ex-member of Thrasher Die, was so drunk that he spent like, I'm telling you, like over an hour on the phone on, you guys know about Backpage? No. Okay, Backpage is, it's everywhere. It's a website where you can get hookers. You can get, it's kind of like a Craigslist thing, but there's also a little thing where it's escorts. So this guy- Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, my mom's on Backpage. She's such a whore. <laughs> hey, that's my mother. Anyway, this... oh, I mean, she's such a bore. My bad, my bad. You're supposed to say she's so European, goddammit. Oh, she's my bad. So my bad. <laughs> but, you know, uh, so, so this guy's on the phone for over an hour calling various hookers and trying to get them to fuck all of us, <laughs> which was not working out for him. And Why, uh, pictures? Huh? Why, did he send pictures? No, no, no. Oh, the way oh. back page is, you go there and there's pictures of the girls. And they're like, hey, you know, uh, blah, 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 for a good time, whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's like, oh, you know, I'll keep you company. You know, they don't really tell the truth what they want. So um, so he's trying, he's, try, he, he's called so many chicks that at some points, he actually called the same girls over and over again. And they were like, I told you no. So then, so, you know, and I'm fucking drunk and I'm like, dude, I'm going to sleep. You know, I was fucking out of it. So I go in my room and I'm sleeping and this motherfucker wakes me up. He's like, Ralph, I found a girl, but I need 40 bucks. I was like, get the fuck out of my room, man. You know, fucking enough. You know, I was like, I don't want, number one, I don't want a hooker. I don't believe in fucking hook. I just don't. I'm not, I may say it on the show as a goof, but I've never paid for sex in my life. I mean, actual giving girls money for sex. Yes. We all pay for sex by taking them to the movies, buying them presents and all that shit. But I'm talking about... Uh, Let them guest on the show. I mean, yeah. Exactly. So, um, so then what happened was the next day when I wake up, they told me this guy that was trying to find a hooker ended up going to a massage parlor called Magic Touch. <laughs> oh! <laughs> and and you know what? There is a picture of me and my guitar player in front of it. Like we're pointing at the door. It says Magic Touch. Anyway, he went there. It cost him $150 for 
for a hand job. Wow. Holy fuck. What a fucking idiot. And I told him, I said, I said, dude, if I ever get that horny that I, I need to fuck, I'll go jack off. Because, hey. dude, once you jack off and come, <laughs> you're not horny anymore. I mean, unless, no, uh, bam, it's over. Yeah. Hey. And I, I'm trying not to name names, but are, are we talking about the Richie Kotzen era of Thrasher Die? Is that who we're talking about? <laughs> there was never a Richie Kotzen. Oh, yeah, wait a second. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, actually, yes. It is the Richie Kotzen. The Richie Kotzen era lasted a long fucking time. Shit, it started the Richie Kotzen era. Thrasher <laughs> Die started as a Richie Kotzen. I see what you did there because I saw behind the music. I see exactly what you did there. Yes, this, Hi -oh. this guy threw me under, threw me under the bus for more than one girl. But you know everything's good now because we're not friends anymore, and that's a beautiful thing. And uh, but yeah, yeah and, and now Richie Kotzen is in uh, the Winery Dogs, and that's his penance. <laughs> yeah, well, and and this guy is just like whining like a dog. <laughs> he's not in Thrasher Die anymore. Anyway, but. Uh, that was my magic touch story. I just wanted to say that. But uh, I'll go into the song if you guys don't mind. Um, favorite Paul song on the album. I love this fucking song. Uh, was very, very happy that he played it on the Live to Win tour. Saw him perform it live. I love it. And I'm not really a big fan of Paul when he hits those. What is that? that Falsetto. Yeah, I, I, I don't like when he does that. But I actually like it when he does it on this because the, the song slows down and he sings it. Oh, it's just, I don't know, majestic is a good way to say it. Uh, it makes me want to just grab Paul and say, come on, you're getting out of the closet once and for all, motherfucker. But uh, I love this song. I think it rocks. It's a great opening riff. Uh, love the fucking chorus, how it opens with the chorus. And, oh, man, it's just a rocking killer tune. Uh, with a nice little uh, mellow change in the middle, and then bam, right back into that. Dan, dan, dan. Bam, bam, bam. Paul Stanley to me is like maybe the most underrated songwriter in all of rock, if you ask me, because the guy's got such a catalog of kick-ass fucking songs, man. Hell yeah, hell you yeah. Know, Love Gun, this song, uh, Strutter. I stole your love. I stole your love. I mean, the guy was just in the 70s. He, no, fucking 70s, 80s, dude. Fucking um, Creatures of the Night, Million to One. Yeah, Million to One. Cider. I've had enough. Tears are to falling. Okay, let's not go too far. Okay, bye. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude, fucking the guy. And, King and of the Mountain. King of the Mountain's an awesome song. Best song on the right. song that he wrote. I agree. But, uh, I agree. I saw the tour, February fifth, nineteen eighty six. Did you see him with Wasp? Yeah, Wasp. Yeah, yeah, yeah so sure did, did bro. Daily D. Bam. All right. So, so as uh, Doctor Fuck was saying, magic touch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'm done with it. I love it. Go ahead. I always loved the song, and often wondered how much better it would have sounded with Paul's seventy-eight solo production, and 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 like like. The, the the famous doctor of fuck I also saw the tour on the uh, the song on the live to win tour um, uh, highlight I wish highlight I... 
highlight of the show. Oh, uh, absolute highlight. Eddie Trunk, actually, the, the old uh, the old line is Eddie Trunk told him to play it and whatever. But uh, I mean, I would have loved to seen um, him do it, not to be one of those people that, oh, the revisionist historians. I would have loved to seen Magic Touch during the 89 solo tour that I saw. Uh, but uh, Holy, as far as... Dude, you saw the 89 solo tour? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, fuck so yeah. I got... Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I sure did. I got the ticket stub to prove it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it was... Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. It was amazing, man. It was really amazing because it was the first... Because, mind you, this was 89. I, I don't... I could come up with the ticket so, stub. So you saw the original Tommy Thayer, uh, Bob Kulik. Yeah, yeah, I oh. sure. And I also saw Eric Singer play drums on that. Oh, yo, hey, dude, I, you know, I've got a bootleg video. I got a bootleg album, and I remember when that tour happened, and I would have loved to see. That's so awesome. You got to see that, Bill. Um, yeah, really, yeah, I saw. It was awesome, oh, Watch It was, it was, it was amazing. And, and something that'll fucking hit the the doctor of all fuck. Uh, uh, the opening band was uh, Vicious Rumors. Ooh. Uh, where, where, where did you, what, what venue did you see that at? It was in Oakland, California. Now I got to get my tickets. Yeah, Oakland. It was in uh, Oakland, California, and it was a place that no longer exists now. The building is still there, but it's called the Omni. Oh, the Omni. Oh, I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, yeah, a, and there's a lot of rumors. Issues. Greg Thorpe, who's still my friend, even though I haven't talked to him a long time. But uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. Man. Wow, it was, it and I amazing. saw I saw vicious rumors at that time. Headline: A little club. Me and like five people saw them with the late great Carl Albert. Uh, oh right, right, right. It was the Digital Dictators tour. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, yeah, yeah. I have like a it. Digital Dictator shirt that I was wearing yesterday, by the way. Oh, wow, wow, wow. wow. I love that fits, album. It finally fits me. <laughs> 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 but, uh, I gotta tell you, I have several bootlegs of this 89 tour, and it's great and all, but I gotta tell you, Bill, I mean, I, I, I can't judge because I wasn't there, but I thought the set list for Live to Win was better. And one thing that really annoyed me of Paul during that tour the one the, you saw? The, the guitar? The guitar, man. Oh. oh. I, I hate a guitar oh, without little, a... Little, uh, whatever that is. Without the yeah, headstock. Yeah. Without the headstock. I oh. hate... April 2nd, 1989. The Omni. There you go. Yeah, I mean, that he did back then. He did Tonight You uh, Belong to Me. Belong to Me. Which is nice. great, but he did that on the Come court. on and love me. Exactly. It was awesome. I don't care how fucking gay that little fag little guitar play that he was playing. It, it made... Live to Win looked like Crazy Nights Tour. Yeah. Bam. I would have thought the Live to Win Tour was better, but you were there. You saw Oh, them God, no. You saw them both, so okay. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Thank you. All Thank right. you, sir. Well, Magic Touch. And, and I liked the Live to Win album. I didn't hate it. Oh, I, I hate it. And, and you know, I, I'm the one, you know, I, I go against you guys. I say the, the Paul 78 is j by a cut hair better than Aces, but I think Live to Win was absolutely atrocious i don't think there was one song on that that i loved and paul's my favorite member and i hated that fucking album but magic touch oh i fucking love it and i think it was a precursor uh to 80s paul Stanley. you know to, to songs like uh 
Yeah, good analogy. Uh, you know, yeah. a, a million to one. Um, right, 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 right. Which is a great song. Oh, I love a million to one. Oh yeah, you know, but uh, song, songs like uh, I, I, I still love you. You know, it was like it was the melancholy Paul. It wasn't. Yeah. It was. It wasn't the fuck me, suck me. You know, the cocky Paul. It was the vulnerable Paul. And, uh, and, and, if you, and if you listen to Paul Stanley talking about the demos of Magic Touch were way more heavier, way more like beat, like beefy and everything. Right. And uh, you know, he basically says that Vinnie Poncia basically cut the balls off the song on the Magic Touch uh, end product. So, I mean, what do I know? But that's exactly what Paul Stanley has said on his book where I'm looking at right now, and I can right. come up with the exact quote, but, Well, it, it's, it was originally called Lee Gersman Touch Me, but they changed <laughs> it to Magic Touch. Because uh, right. uh, uh, <laughs> they wave their hands and Lee Gersman disappear, much like the Catholic Church does. Uh, yeah, exactly. But, uh, but uh, I absolutely love the song. Uh out of the Paul songs, oh man, it's 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 almost like a dead weight tie because you know Magic Touch sure knows something. I was made from loving you. To to me are just all high caliber firing on all cylinders. Yes, the production. Uh, you know, if it was a more of a stripped down Kiss sounding production, would have been even better. But you know what you're getting here with this like you know pseudo disco. Uh, feel to it. They're, they're all great songs. I absolutely love Which it. Which proves my point. I mean, even with the production, the songs, fucking, the productions can't ruin a great song. Yes, yeah, I, I you exactly know, and Paul, and Paul is just, dude, to me, I gotta say, I don't know, I, I always fucking, I'm the worst, dude. I know I'm really bad at changing my opinion on this and that, but man, <laughs> At the moment, as of now, maybe if you watch my top favorite Kiss songs, there's probably a song I like more. But man, when I think of fucking perfect perfection, Paul Stanley, I think of Come On and Love Me. I think of that. Oh, hell yeah, dude. That song right there, it's like every element of great, catchy, fuck you, Kiss Hater song is in that song. It's like, fuck you and you're fucking whatever the fuck you like. If you're going to say Kiss Sucks and you listen to Come On and Love Me, fuck you, man. Seriously, then you don't like catchy tunes. Yeah, no. Right. Listen to the Rock and Metal Combat podcast of Dressed to Kill. All right, you're talking about the most incredible fucking podcast ever. Come on and love me, baby. The only Bam. thing I remember about that podcast was you, Bill. Oh, shut up. I'm <laughs> blushing. I'm like yellow skin boy blushing. Well, oh, my God, I love that. Anyway, you're wang. Oh, I know. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's he's good at math, but bad at being modest. You know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I suck. Anyway. All right. Well, let's go into hard times. And now this is an Ace Frehley song. I can totally get behind. I oh, fucking love hard times. Now the funny thing about it though is, yeah, this is the first of many. Ace Frehley songs where he's talking about how he's turned his life around and he's not yeah. straight and narrow. Yeah. <laughs> and notice, and notice I, now that he's sober, he doesn't sing about turning his life around. I, I know. I'm, I'm still waiting for, for him to write a song called I Quit Drinking After This Beer. <laughs> you know? 
because like, yeah, I'm like, bitch, the hard times. You haven't even got your DeLorean yet, you know? You haven't exactly. even You haven't even met Todd Harworth, you know? <laughs> <Whatever> the <fuck. laughs> you know, the hard times still are coming, baby. Uh but I I absolutely love this fucking song. This is Ace Fraley through and through. I love it musically. I love it lyrically, even though I can laugh at it. But I mean, it is, to me, this is like an Ace song. Uh, where I find 2000 Man, like, just a horrible, jokey song. To me, this is Ace lyrically. I love how his vocals sound. I love how the music sounds. Uh, and this is a very, uh, you, you know, a, a deep cut to me because a lot of people... Uh, you, you know, if they do talk about Ace on this album, of course they go to 2000. But, uh, you know, this, and he's still got another one coming up, and I'll talk about that when we get there, but Hard Times is fucking badass. And when people do say, well, not all of Kiss is a disco album, which, to me, the most of it, it, it is. But this is a rockin' Ace Fraley song. Absolutely love Hard Times. What do you think, Ace Fraley fan number one, Bill Wang? I think this song is a masterpiece. It's such an autobiographical Ace song. Probably the song I play most from this album. So I'm doing it on the Anomaly Tour in San Francisco, and uh, I just love the the vibe, the groove, the heaviness. It just him, ta- just the fact that he's talking about his life. I love it, man. And um, I wish they would have done it on the Dynasty Tour, even though. It was such a perplexing, crazy uh, live ensemble, as it were, because all those songs that they played that were not predictable sounded so crazy. You know, like, for instance, all the songs on the solo albums. But I think that one would have worked really, really well. But I love Hard Times. And um, and then, like, I not to repeat myself, but the fact that I saw it on the Anomaly Tour... And what's crazy is back then I didn't live in San Francisco, but now I live probably about four blocks from where I saw him play that where, on where the Anomaly Tour uh, at the Regency Ballroom. Is that the one we walked past? You and me? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he said it, it. It's ten minutes away. We got there two yeah. days later. <laughs> but no, on a serious note, yeah, exactly. We we walked. Past it many yeah, times. Yeah, that, that's the one where the bands were loading up while we were walking by. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. Awesome. Exactly. And, 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 and not to cut you off, but this song is so awesome. I, oh, it is. I, it is. It really is. It's awesome. I would have loved to hear this on his solo album with Eddie Kramer production. Oh, wow. You know, kind of like the Paul Stanley Magic Touch. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like uh, what you said yeah. on that. I, w- I would have loved to hear what Eddie Kramer would have done to this, you know, instead oh, of... Oh, that's Vince a Thompson. great analogy. Oh, I'd love totally to hear what Kramer Eddie Kramer, do. Kramer would have done to this whole fucking album, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, which Ralph said uh, on the Dr. Fuck review on YouTube. Great analogy. I agree, but we only can work with what we got, but as you were saying, Wadzilla? No, that's it. <laughs> uh, Ralph, <laughs> Ralph, what do you think of Hard Times? Yeah, I love it. Like I said earlier, at one point it was my favorite track on the album. Uh, we go to school and then we cut out, go to the park and space our heads out. I love that line. 
It was so. I, I, I didn't like the line after that though. You know, it's like there was some that. What are you talking about? Drugs are fucking cool. But um, <laughs> I, I love this song. This song is fucking great. It rocks. Um, great solo. I love the end. That spacey thing he does at the end with the guitar and. Uh, yeah, man. Oh just, yeah, yeah. Good analogy. Yeah, I love that. Love too. that ending. Oh, yeah, yeah. it's just awesome. I love it's the so little chaotic and crazy. Yeah, right. And the killer drum work from Anton. You know, little drum rolls and shit like that. Oh yeah. yeah. There you but go. Uh, I love it. And the uh, next one is X-ray eyes. Am I correct? Correct. All right. X-ray eyes is a second Gene song tied for I was made for loving you. It's like you know the, the my least favorites, but. As I said earlier, I love I Was Made For Love You. I love X-Ray Eyes. I think it's a cool fucking song. It's a little weird. It's strange. It's got a, those little laser type sounds in it. You know, a little... I just think of lasers when I hear those little sounds. Like, you know, X-Ray Eyes. <laughs> and I was watching my YouTube uh, review, and I don't know why I brought up the X-Ray glasses you would see in comic books back then. Remember that? You buy those X-Ray glasses, and... Uh-huh. You know, if I wasn't such a broke kid, I probably would have been suckered enough to buy that shit. You know, what? You, <laughs> I mean, has anybody ever had those x-ray glasses? Yeah, yeah, I put them on. I, I went in the mirror, and all I saw was a loser. It was terrible. I sent them back. <laughs> all right, so, yeah, um, I love this song. Uh, not really much I can add to it. I think, um, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, it's obviously a filler. And Gene, that's, you know, what Gene had. I guess Gene didn't have much at the time, but the, probably Charisma and uh, X-Ray Eyes, you know, he probably had a batch of songs, and they all, the rest sounded like the shit off his solo album. So, you know, he just took the be- two best ones. So, um, I love it. I love the song, even though it's down there with I Was Made For Loving You as my least favorite kind of album. I think it's a great tune. What do you think, Bill? You know, I'm going to go off script here, but I'm a, I have a little memento thing. The thing about this song in particular is when in, during 2012 and 2013, I basically took off life and just went and went to the Revolver Golden Gods Awards, Metallica, the night uh, Hanneman died from Slayer. I spent, I just cashed out all my fucking money and everything, and I just fucking basically just escaped from life, okay? And I will forever remember this song in particular. I remember listening to iHeartRadio, the Slippery Room Wet uh, station. Um, the day Jeff Hanneman died, I was in Los Angeles, and I was just, just by myself, just fucking having a great time. And out of the blue, this song came on the, just the, my, you know, this, the, I mean, and it was just crazy because I hadn't heard the song in so long. And then all of a sudden the song came on and that what makes the song so fucking crazy is that a solo. I mean, it's so short, but it's such a cool, such a chaotic, weird song of solo. And the Paul backing vocals are also such a cool element. But I for I will forever remember being in Los Angeles, listening to this song on iHeartRadio. Slippery, slippery when wet, uh, on whatever, whatever that is, and I know it has no relevance to what we're talking about, but it does to me personally, and I love the solo, and um, I think I agree with Ralph 
uh, I think is probably on the bottom of the nine songs is probably number eight, but I still give it four out of five. And um, I think it's a cool song and I, I think it's valid and because of the solo. And like I said, not to keep repeating myself, but there's something about that fucking chaotic, crazy solo. As mini solo as it is, I love it. And um, I mean, it's a corny it song, it. but it I like it. It fits the lyrics, the, 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 the solo. It, it kind of does have that yeah, yeah. X-ray eye vibe. Right, right. And I hate to keep repeating the, the specific personal element of where I was, but I really was in Los Angeles during... The, the Golden God Revolver award show the day Hennon died and I remember I had on my headphones this before I was on fucking Facebook so this is May of 2013 and I remember just listening to this and that song came on and I was like oh wow I forgot about the song so when I was doing research about doing this uh, project I just kept thinking wow remember that make sure you make reference to that and I'm gonna, and I remember seeing Chuck Billy at a restaurant around the, yeah, but anyways, yeah. So I like the song. I gave it four to five chopsticks. Bam. Very cool, Bill. So your least favorite would be, I was meant to love you, right? I think if you had a gun in my head, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Ian. I love it. I love it. Um, I would have liked this with a, you know, with a punchier production. I think this either could have been like a, a great song on, on Love Gun or, or probably like the best song on his solo album. Uh, it's not a bad song. It gets slagged a lot, but to me, it, it's classic Gene. The only thing that, that bogs it down a little bit is the production. Um, but I, I, I like it. But you the know, solo, I, I, the solo also kind of reminds me a little bit of like what he was doing in Dr. Love too, you know? Right, and you know, I've heard a lot of people slag this song, but you know, I've also heard a lot of people slag uh, "Got Love for Sale," and that's one of my favorite. I love that song. Chain songs know, ever. I love know, that shit. I, like I was saying earlier about how wacky I am, I love "Got Love for Sale," and I watched my Love Gun review, and I didn't give it. I didn't say it was that great. I didn't say I hated it, but I was like, yeah, it's all right. Right, you know, well, but, dude, I, but I think I'm, that song rocks. I. I, I Chris Sinzak thinks it's a horrible fucking song. I'm like, what are you talking about? To me, that's like that that that's like one of the deepest gene cuts ever. And like what an underappreciated song. And I kinda see I mean, I, I like Got Love for Sale more than this, but I kinda see it in the same vein. It's like, you know, just people overlook it. But where I think Got Love for Sale is perfect, this I think could have, you know, more justice could have been done by better production. But I still think it's a good song. I hear ya. Alright, go to the last one, Ian. Alright, the last song. Save your love. Save it. Save it. Save, Save it. it. Save it. I love this fucking song, man. Fucking so many people, like, they don't like how that chorus drowns out and stuff. Or drones out, I should say. I fucking love it i hear again this is ace to me this and hard times kicks the shit out of 2000 man and what a way to end this like you know like if you're having some kind of trepidation you know with this i'm like oh it's too poppy it's too this listen to the last song because this is heavy this is kiss 
This is ace motherfucking Fraley. I love this fucking shit. Whereas on the next album, I think every song ace, you know, touched, you know, lyrically and vocally sucked donkey. This and fucking hard times are amazing. And this is what I love out of Ace. I love the fucking guitar. I love what he's saying. It's a good, you know, fuck you woman song. And who doesn't appreciate a good fuck you woman song? You know, except the the woman it was written about. You know, and they probably like it too because they're vain. But I, I mean, I mean, this is this is something that only can be handed down from Jindel. You know, this is this, this is from the heavens. Uh, I actually love Save Your Love. And, man, now this is one. Uh, unfortunately, I've I've met Ace. I've shook his hand. I've got his autograph. I've never seen him live solo. But, oh, my God, would I love to see him play this. You know, I don't think he ever had that. I don't, uh, I don't no, but, but you know what I mean? Instead of fucking... Instead of New York Groove, instead of fucking Doya, instead of fucking... The no, I don't think he ever has. Oh. And I saw him all the times Ralph did in the, in the 90s. Instead I don't think he did. Joker or some other fucking cover that's beneath. Right. I would, right. I would <laughs> love to see Ace Fraley out front and center playing Save Your Love. Amazing. Oh, yeah. And, and a great way to end this album. And to me, it's one that, that should have gave hope to you know to kiss fans but even if you know they listened to it did get hope you know it would have got dashed by unmasked even though i like it but uh you know what a way to end this album and to end it on a high note you know you know even people you know like love kiss but you know can't take the disco songs this is a kiss song to send you out in style love your love what do you think bill wayne I always wondered if this closing verse of this amazing song was Ace thinking it was a farewell to the golden era of Kiss. You know it's over. We had some good times, but now they're gone. So, so long. That's uh, solo. I mean, I'm sorry for the delay, but yeah, uh, this song is fucking just completely fucking sickening epic fucking awesome and, 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 and in closing this review of this this magical album and the, and the A songs in particular they are such a piggyback fucking awesome songs at least in particular the A songs are so reminiscent and such piggybacking on the magical 78 A solo album uh, Hard Times Save Your Love could obviously appear on that solo album. And I guess in retrospect, maybe uh, 2000 Man, but more so uh, Hard Times and Save Your Love. But this song in particular, Save Your Love, I mean, I just, like I said, not to repeat myself, I always wondered about the production, and I know Ralph has, has brought this up and, uh, in his YouTube uh, video of millions or whatever. Uh, about how it would sound and how it would, but uh, I absolutely love Save Your Love, and it is if you had a gun in my head it would be my number two song on Dynasty one, Hard Times two um, Save Your Love three 
Charisma. Sorry. Wow. And then four would be 2,000 Man. So, anyways, I digress. See, one thing I'll, I'll say, because I, I I know I always butt heads with you and Ralph on this, with me saying yeah. Paul, Paul had the better album, and, you know, and, and you guys saying Ace. And I always say it's, it, it's just a matter of there's two songs I don't like on Ace's solo album, and there's only one song I don't like on Paul's. And that's the right. only exciting factor. I, I absolutely adore both of them. But if you took off uh, either New York Groove or What's On Your Mind and you put this on Ace's solo album, I would take it over Paul's. You know what's funny is that I like like two or three songs on Hot in the Shade and I like no songs on Crazy Nights and I still think Hot in the Shade works. But then again, <laughs> then again, I'm retarded. Yeah, but you're mine and I love you. Mwah. Exactly. Well, You're Dr. Fuck, and we both love you. Bam, thank, bam, bam. Thank you, guys. Uh, I love you both. You're welcome, bro. You're welcome. But, uh, you know, and, and, and here I'm going to say something that I know none of you will agree with, but um, I'm starting to like even Peter's out more than I used to. <laughs> the Solo 78? Yeah, man. I, I oh, love, me too. I'm starting me to, too. Uh, oh, now we're going to be competing with fucking... And I know nobody will agree with me on this. Uh, I, I, Baby, I, don't you let me down. Don't you let me love, down. Love that. I, I'll tell you what. I love. And you know what? I like Paul's album more than Peter's, but I like more songs on Peter's album than Paul's. Paul's album, I only like two songs. And I know both of you disagree with me there. But I only like two songs off Peter's uh, album. Right. Uh, well, well, here's where I blow your minds. Um... You know, of course, uh, in my opinion, Peter's is by far the worst fucking solo album. But the song that I love on his, I would put up against any of the others. And my favorite song is You Matter to Me. I don't like that song. I know you don't, but I... You don't You Let Me Down is the best song on that record. Well, oh, we, my goodness. We agreed to do, I, I think you matter to me because it sounds like fucking Bad Rod Stewart and I love 70s. Oh, Rock. I love that. I love that song, too. I love that song. That's oh, a, my God. Almost Human. Have you seen the video from that? Oh, my goodness. No, I didn't make a video for that. Uh, you made a video from the Peter Chris solo album. Yeah, but it was not that song. Oh, my bad. I'm... Now, now the beers yeah. are really yeah. fucking up. But that, that's nah. not the kind of sugar Papa likes. No, nah. <laughs> and even that song, I don't hate that much. Hey, hey, I, I, I don't either. I, I don't either, Doctor. Nah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. You matter to me. I put that up against fucking all, all the others. I'm not saying it's better, but I'm saying it's it's. You know what? I, it is? I, I, I think you matter to me is better than any song off a of Gene so up. There's just that little thing in that song that really bothers me. And, and, and that's what I love. I, I fucking that love that. But then, but then, but then again, I, I, I'm a yacht rock guy, dude. Okay. I, I, I love Kenny Loggins. I love Michael McDonald. I, I love shit Cross. like that. Yeah, love Christopher Cross. <laughs> Every time I hear Salem, I cry like a bitch because it's beautiful. It's beautiful. All right. Well, okay. Um, save your love. You 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 guys are done. Yeah, yeah, I love it too. It's a great song. Uh, Sebastian Bach did a version that's too identical to it that it's very really? unmemorable. Yeah, Sebastian uh, Bach covers this song. Um, it's on, I guess, on some tribute album. 
You know, Spazenbach released an album called Bach to Basics. I got it. Never listened to it. Well, it's on there. It's basically a bunch of songs he did on various tribute albums, and they put it all on that one. And that's one of them. Uh, and I could be wrong, but I believe there's a... I can't remember who it is. Like a guest musician that plays on that song, uh, the Save Your Love. Anyway, but, but the Ace version rules. As far as I know, they never did it live. And I love how Paul dominates the, 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 the verse, the chorus. I love the way he sings it. Like, Save Your Love. I just love it. You hear his, his vocals are up front more than anybody. Or maybe, you know, is it just him? Kind of sounds like it's only him, doesn't it? It does sound like this. I was trying to, like, decipher if I heard Ace or, or, or Gene, and I think it is only Paul, unfortunately. It's only yeah. Paul. But I like it. I yeah, really I, I it. think so. And I love, I my favorite so. part of the song is where it picks up with... Oh, man, that just... Yeah, great way to end the album. Love it. Fucking awesome. Uh, we've been going on for over two hours, so I'm going to have to edit the fuck out of this song. So let's uh, let's wind this down and try to do everything else a little quicker. All right. Okay. This album was released May 23rd, 1979. Uh, it went platinum upon release, and years later would go on to be double platinum. Uh, but it was an end of an era for Kiss. The next time would go gold, but quickly fall off the charts. And then we all know what happened with the next piece of shit they released. A um, lot of fans are torn on it, but uh, we love it. And there's sure enough, a lot of Kiss fans that love it. Uh, produced by Vinnie Poncia and, well, just Vinnie Poncia. Uh, so we might as well go into Pick of the Week. And Bill Wayne, since you are our esteemed guest, what would be your pick of the week? My pick of the week, uh, we're not going to go the outro about Dynasty, but anyways, I think in some ways Dynasty may sound sanitized. Kiss lost their balls, but Ace saves the day with three hard rock gems that said, I like all his albums and it sounds so fresh and new today, let alone 1979. As far as the pick of the week, fam. Um, I'm going to go off the script, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of hate from old people like myself, but my pick of the week is, is the 2000 most progressive new metal album ever, and I mean ever, Mudvayne LD50. You talking math metal, and if you, I mean, here's the deal. Mudvayne LD50 is such an incredible album, um, and that's my pick of the week bill wayne i absolutely love your pick that is the only mudvayne though album i will tip my hat to i think they sold out horribly after that but that album is fucking dig oh my god that song right there is fucking amazing you know they took exactly i agree that's why i picked it dog yeah Yeah. they 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 took a lot of shit for the makeup and, and taking that route but you know, as KISS fans, that doesn't bother me at all. You want to give me a little shock, I appreciate that. But right. that, that that first album is incredible. Unfortunately, LD50. You oh. ask William Clare if he's listening to this about the fucking makeup and the meth and whatnot. Oh, anyways, oh shit. Me- remember, the, remember the pound, William Clare? Anyways, yeah. 
What do you think, Ralph? Are, are you a fan of that album? I never heard it, and what I have seen of them, I, I, I really disliked it, so I'm, I'm not a good... Uh, I, I only seen a couple videos of theirs, and that was enough for me to stay away, so maybe that album does rule. I, I've never I've never heard it, so I have no opinion on it. All right, well, Ralph, do you have a pick of the week? Of course not. Okay, bye. All right, well, my pick of the week, uh, you know, as we're talking about Dynasty and the Great Ace Fraley, I'm picking another guitar player that I absolutely love, and that is Jeff Beck. And I'm picking his 1978 album, or I'm sorry, 76 album, Wired. And this is where uh, Jeff Beck took a little bit of a, you know, a, a jazzy detour. It was it was kind of like a jazz fusion album. Uh, I started working with, uh, uh, oh God, what's the guy that did the Miami Vice soundtrack? Uh, John, John Hammer. Yeah, John Hammer. Uh, but there's some amazing shit on here, and including... Uh, one of my favorite all-time Jeff Beck songs, Love is Green. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of guitar and any kind of, you know, you know, or, or jazz or jazz fusion, uh, Jeff Beck Wired, I, I don't think you can go wrong. A lot of people lean more towards the album before this Blow by Blow, which is a great album. But uh, this is just one very special to me. Uh, after my father passed away... Uh, you know, I, I, t- I took all his records and uh, I started picking out ones that I didn't know. And I, I, I went through this thing where I would just listen to my dad's albums that I didn't know to, to try to get more of like, a, you know, my dad died when I was young. So I tried to get like a, a feel for where his head was at and what he was into. So I'd sit there in my little room, smoke some weed and listen to my old man's records. And this is one that just really grabbed me. And, uh, you know, uh, absolutely love Jeff Beck Wired. Check it out. That's my pick of the week. All right. My, my pick of the week, um, I am a huge fan of Tenacious D. And uh, I really love their last album, which, I don't know, a lot of people just seem to only think of that first album. I thought Pick of Destiny was a great album, too. Amazing movie as well. But uh, I think their last album may be my favorite. Uh, Rise, Rise of the Phoenix. Um, you know, long, uh, low-hanging fruit. You got to see that video. It's awesome. They did several videos for this album. There, there's another one, um, Rock is Dead, which is very, which is very uh, quick video where he says something like, uh, Axel Rose sucked my dick or something like that. Um, 39 is a great song. It's about a, it's about a girl that's 39 years old. And he sees her as too old, but he still likes her. And he's like almost 50. Um, Throw Down is a great song. Um, Rody, oh, great video for Rody. Uh, I love it. Uh, Rise of the Phoenix is my pick of the week, though I do love, I, I, well, I would have to say it's tied with the other two. I, I, I would say all of them are great. I guess I'm giving it too much uh, praise because it just came and went. This album really didn't do much. Yeah, and uh, but I think it's—I don't, I don't understand how anybody can love the first Tenacious D album and not love this. I think just people won't give it a chance. Well, I mean, how, how can you love Kiss and not love Tears Are Falling? You know, people are weird. <laughs> I don't like any Tenacious D. I think it's all of a sham. Wow, really? Wow. I don't like any Tenacious D. I think it's kind of a joke. 
Well, it anyways, is, it is jokey. I mean, are you a fan? Yeah, of but I can't even get into the joke. Okay, I, you you don't like Steel Panther either? No, I don't like. Okay, them. yeah, no, well, you know that's why you don't like Tenacious D. I mean, they're yeah. I mean, uh, not, not that I'm holier than now, but yeah, I just. I don't know. You're not into I take it a little bit. I take it more serious, you know. Right. My, anyways, yeah, R- yeah. Really? I don't like it. You, you saw the right. Mas Tequila tour. You don't have a sense of humor? No, I didn't, fag. <laughs> <laughs> You're oh. such a dick. And if I did, I was doing lots of cocaine. But anyways, oh. I'm just being honest. Man. I don't like. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> like that, man. I don't like any of that. That's cool. Like that. Hey, Bill. That's cool, brother. Uh, yeah, my point Honestly, is it's the best policy, right? Exactly, Should man. I just sit here and just kiss everybody's dick? No. No, exactly. But uh, I love it. I love it, but I'm thinking anybody that does like Tenacious D, man, if you like the first album, how can you not love Rise of the Phoenix? I mean, with the opening line of the first song is like, when the pick of Destiny was released, it was a bomb. You gotta love that, man. It's like they're admitting their own... You know, clunkers, you know, but uh Fuck you, Ralph, it sucks. Really? <laughs> you didn't see and how about uh, the movie? Did you see at least the movie for a while? I I, I saw the, the I saw the movie in the theater. You did, me too. Yeah, me and two other people. <laughs> yeah. I was there I was there with this oh man, I gotta bring and it's not the Guns N' Roses chick. There was another evil chick I, I was seeing. Dude, I took her to see the movie the only Hey, my mom listens to this, okay? Be nice. Yeah. No, <laughs> The only part of the movie this sadistic bitch laughed at was when the little kid got spanked in the beginning. Yeah. I was like, really? I mean, she didn't laugh the rest of the movie. I'm like, and that wasn't even funny. She just like liked the fact that a kid's getting spanked. Anyway, uh, that's my pick of the week. So we've got a fan of the week. Uh, yes, we do have a fan of the week. And the fan, oh, fuck. I already fucking crossed names out because I got too excited. Uh, Troy LaCrosse, La LaGrosse, I'm sorry, I already scratched out your name, because I'm drunk. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, he's not going to hear this anyway. Oh, uh, when well, the fan of the week listens to this part anymore. Yeah, pe- people are listening now, and I felt bad, because like the last time we... just make up names from now on. <laughs> Pre- fan of the week this week is Troy McClure. You might have known him from... Uh, <laughs> not Doug McClure, it's... Uh, uh, Troy Lacrosse, and uh, I, I just saw, I went on the Facebook page, you know, right before we did this, and there was an excellent um, thread going uh, where people said, hey, I've been fan of the week, hey, I haven't, and I know some of them lied, but I don't know how to bring up the old, po- I need Bill Wayne to come on the page and help me find these old posts, because I get, I start, <laughs> I start scrolling for about five minutes, and then I just give the fuck up. Yeah, I don't, all right, yeah, I'll check it out, man. I don't know how to search. Yeah, you, you find it, then I'll go through, and I'll tell, because some of these people are fucking liars, like, oh, you didn't listen to that episode, you son of a bitch, because you were fan of the week. But, yeah, uh... I'll, I'll try, I'll try. Thank you, Bill. Bill Bill, help me out and find out this shit. But no, yeah, yeah. Tro- Tro- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes, be right there. Uh, Bam! <laughs> Uh, but but no, Troy, you do add to the page, you do post to the page, uh, and that's what we ask, man. If you join, don't be a wallflower, don't just stick around, become part of it, post, comment, and you did that, and that's what makes you, Troy, our fan of the week. Awesome. All right, well, let's get to the plugs. Listen to The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Go to all the W's, 
Gully, G-U-L-L-Y-A-N-D-J-O-A dot U-K. 8 p.m. UK time, 3 p.m. Eastern. The Rock Show with Gully and Joe. Listen to it. Don't be a cunt. You haven't listened to Mars Attacks podcast? What are you waiting for, man? Host Victor M. Ruiz brings you all types of hard rock and metal-based podcasts. You'll find everything from music-based episodes, interviews, to series such as ultra-sexy classic album series, where some of your favorite musicians, producers, journalists, and show hosts comment on the albums that push the evolutionary chains of hard rock and metal. Get with it and go to MarsAttacksRadio.com to find out more. Ear Pillar, the podcasting and interview news site. To keep up with your favorite bands or artists and the podcasts or interviews where they appear, go to earpillar.com to find out what we're all about. Music's most diverse podcast, starring Luke Innes, Greg Sims Bootlegs, and Mr. T from Germany. New episodes released every Saturday on Podbean, Podcast Addicts, and iTunes. The True Alternative Podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Aaron. And I'm Chris. And we're from the Decibel Geek Podcast. And if you love this... You'll love us. That's right. Brand new episode every single Monday. You can find us on iTunes and at decibelgeek.com. And the best thing is, it's rock and roll and it's always free. Have you developed paralysis from trying to choose a movie on Netflix? Of course you have. There's too much garbage on Netflix to sift through. So join us on our podcast, We Watched It For You. We watch a bad movie every week and try to determine its watchability. We Watch It For You is for bad movie fans, B-movie fans, underground film fans, and cult movie fanatics alike. Don't miss an episode of We Watched It For You, a guide to the lesser-known movies of Netflix, available on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. All right, KISS Army, since 2007, you've been getting podkissed, the KISS audio fanzine for your ears. That's right, it's your podkissed. Every month, the podkissed crew, along with the KISS room, brings you KISS talk like no one else, whether it be roundtables, interviews with the band past and present, analysis, and great KISS fun. Hi, this is Ace Frehley, and you're listening to podkissed. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkiss. The Podkiss, the Kiss audio fanzine for your ears. Hey, 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 it's me, Bill Wang. Make sure you listen to the Dr. Fox Show, Thursdays, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And of course, the replay, Sundays, 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on ThatMetalStation.com. Bam! Hey, 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 it's me, Bill Wang. Make sure you listen to the Wadzilla Rock Show, Saturdays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on that metal station. Bit of diddly dee bam! 
All right. Well, if you enjoyed this Bill Wang delicious episode, and we know you did, come back next week. Where next week we review Kiss Dynasty. Yeah, I know we already did it, but people only listen to the Kiss episodes. <laughs> so this time we're going to have Anton Fig join us. Oh, wow. Yeah. And he's going to critique on his own drumming and tell us, you know, if Peter didn't play at all. So listen to this whole bullshit again, you fucking kiss nerds that only come back. With- yeah! I'm going I'm I'm to give these guys a little inside secret. We're pretending to have Anton Fig next week. It's actually going to be Peter Chris. Yeah! Well, is he going to wear Anton's makeup? He's going to talk like he's Australian with that with that Brooklyn accent. It, it's payback time. Christ. It's Eric Singer. It's Eric Singer. Bam! Crikey, that's next week on the Rock Metal Combat Podcast. Hey, <laughs> an eel stabbed my heart. <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs>